You know, Mark, how many years I've been coming up to Alaska here? Six, seven years? This is now? our seventh year up here. Seven years. And, and, and Friday, we did our usual venture up to Talkeetan at a Cubbies there. And we do our shopping, get stuff for the week and things like that. And, uh, you know, while I'm in Cubbies, I'm overhearing a local talking to the cashier. And he's complaining about us lower 48 types and how we get in the way. And now in, you know, summertime, we're here, there. And, 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 and by local, we're talking about woods folk. Yeah, woods folk, right. You know, the guys who live up in that area and, and not somebody who's like an Anchorage person who's up uh, in, in the willow and, and all that. So I'm listening to him, I'm listening to him. And as he's explaining our problems to this woman, he goes, and you know how I can tell who they are? How's that? Because they're clean. Oh, no. Their clothes are clean. <laughs> and I'm looking at me, and I'm, I just stepped off. But you know he's right, because yes. they're filthy. These right. people are filthy. They don't wash. They don't bathe. They got matted hair. They're, they're look, they look like woods people. Man. Yeah, and I, and I have, like, triple design catalog clothes on. I just stepped off because I'm clean. I just came from the Marriott. And and so everything's good, but yeah, it's it's um it was pretty darn funny. I'm in that aisle giggling to myself, looking at my clean clothes, and I got clean under my fingernails, and I took a shower that day. So I found that pretty interesting. For the first time, I realized how all the locals up there look at me yeah. with my clean clothes. So then, what did I do? We went. The lodge was closed last night. Yep. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they're closed up. Uh, and so we went to Denali Brewing. And prior to us going to Denali Brewing, we had, what, about an hour, an hour and a half of downtime. And I was going to take a shower and get changed. That's because we had just come off the range. So I laid out a set of pants. I laid out a shirt. And I did all that. And as I was getting ready to walk in the shower, I said, no, Denali Brewing's going to have a lot of locals I'm going to go filthy. I'm going dirty because what made it even better, and I don't know if you even saw this. You saw I was wearing my neon orange palladiums during the course. Attract attention. Yep. So we were, <laughs> I was going to show the, the guys some wind stuff. And we had wind this week. So... We had a little bit of wind, but our berms blocked that wind. So I was walking the top of the berm with a kestrel as the students were walking the firing line towards the 200 yard where the, the swamp is and all our wind comes from. So I'm measuring the wind on the top of the berm as I already measured it inside the berm. And what happens as I get to the end of the berm Trip over those feet. I tripped over <laughs> a rock. A rock came out from under me, and it was narrow enough that I dumped over the other side upside down. And Thad, one of the students in the class, looked up and goes, oh, are you okay? And starts laughing because all he sees sticking up over the top of the burn. Two feet. Two orange friggin' palladiums dangling in the air. I was down painting the mover, and I wish I'd have seen that. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty... Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Snipers. Oh, and I can't talk. I, I killed my voice this weekend. Yep, Stats Arn Taylor here. Oh, my voice we had back-to-back -back success this week. It was, it was a back-to-back, PR1, PR2, back-to-back. And we had a ton of good students, but man, we worked for it, boy. Yeah, uh, older class. Uh, was one way to describe it, but man, we worked our butts off 
And I think we learned a lot and we were able to correct some things that I think other people would have avoided. Yeah. In a lot of ways. There was a lot of cleaning up going on. The the initial eval on PR1 was a really, it was a horror show. And I told those guys that we didn't have any experienced uh, students pretty much. It was just everybody was a total rookie novice. And I told them, I said, that's what this is for. And what you've just done is challenged us. This yep. is going to be a terrific two days because you guys are going to go a long way. And I promised them that they would be clones at the end of two days. And what were they? They at were the clones. Yep. We, clones. We, we, we stayed till 6 o'clock yes. to make them a clone. Yeah. How stayed, about that? We stayed till after 6 o'clock one night. The range was already closed when we left just to clean this stuff up. But we did it, man. And, and I, I felt, you know, sometimes we, it's easy money. You know, I mean, it, sometimes you have really good students, really good equipment, and it's easy money. But this was a challenge, man. I, I mean, I was wore out after four days. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you can, they can hear it in my voice. My voice is nuked. Um, we, we worked really hard. But we, because it was, it was the, 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 the make, I mean, the students make the course. And these students all got along great. Everybody was together because they were of similar age a lot of things in common, but the trend of there's a problem here which sort of trickles down a little. also set the tone of the course. The, exactly, exactly. And, and if the tone was everybody inexperienced, then it's going to be a, it's going to be working. You mm -hmm. know, we're going to have to work. And, and we had to revisit some concepts <clears throat> in a lot of different ways to, to resonate with, with the way the crowd was. And th there's nothing wrong with that. That challenges us as instructors to, to get the job done right without without reverting to, you know, becoming tour guides or phoning it in and or, or, or taking shortcuts on these people. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the students, I mean, and they hung in. You know, think of, like, Ken and stuff. They hung in even if they started to get a little frustrating. And I think you mentioned it one night because we had a coach. We had to coach good students mentally. We had students with good equipment who were executing well, who had no confidence in themselves. Yeah. And we, we found we were doing a lot of personal coaching on that level, more so than adjusting equipment or technique. You know, they picked up the concept of the technique, but they second-guessed themselves. Yep. And, and, you know, that can be as dangerous as anything else. It's to say, no, dude, you're hitting it. You're doing it. You, you're, you do understand this, and now all you have to do is go through the motions. The it, lack of confidence showed in the uh, Humbler yes. on day one PR2 because everybody froze. Yeah, they nobody froze. passed. They got to the line, and they just basically froze. Didn't know whether to insert the uh, magazine or or raise the bipod or put the bag, a rear bag down. They had no they had no concept of really what we were doing, you know, we, and, and it was pretty easy. We give them a timed event for PR2, and we bring them up one at a time in a blind situation. We have a board facing away, and we keep the students down at the bottom of the hill. And when you come up, the board is your instruction. <clears throat> and it's like you have two minutes to do this. And they were building a nest. The, the average student took their first shot 
with like, like less than 10 seconds left. I mean, it was crazy. Right. And we wound up giving them four and a half minutes to do it because we wanted everybody to go through the, pro the entire process. Yeah. It was nuts, man. And, and, and it, it was like they, they didn't understand the concept of less is better. They were trying to get every piece of kit they had and put it out. And, you know, it's like you need a magazine, five rounds, and your data book is real or data card. Rear or bag. How, That's right. It. And rear bag. Right. That's really all you need. And yet they, they were building nests. And it, and it was, and you'd even say, man, you got, you, you killed the minute already. And they just. Yeah. Nobody asked for time. Nope. Nobody it just. And then you did, after, you, after they were done, you demoed it, and you had a minute left when you were done. Right. You know, and then they saw how easy it was, and everybody basically, the light went off. Wow. And, and we, we even got thanked for that event mm -hmm. at, at, at the, the end. De, at the, uh, um, after at the, action. After action. On day four, a uh, guy said, hey, I hate to say this, but, but that humbler really opened my eyes. To, to simplification of every of this mm -hmm. whole process, you know, don't don't overcomplicate things, guys. You know, don't get in there and try to be yourself a nest. Just get in there, get a round off, and uh, hit some targets. Well, but, uh, in part of it, I, I I almost looked at it where, you know, on on in PR one, we do have them build that nest because they're gathering data, they're doing all this stuff, they're they're experimenting with multiple bags they've brought because i mean an average student brings three types of bags to class and you know two rare bags a type of game changer or something and so they're kind of wanting to see the pluses and minuses of of each so they do have a lot of equipment out on the line more so than they probably need but we're constantly building and rebuilding their positions uh to adjust them for comfort for success, for recoil management, and, and for all these things. So, um, you know, maybe that sort of translates over where we have to drop something in there to say, okay, now that you've established this, you don't need this anymore, Yeah. yeah. you know, to get rid of that stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting kind of – it was an interesting week. We uh, tested scopes, and we had a lot of 102s and 98s, uh, very few hundreds. Um, Everything fell between 102 and 98. It was it – was, it's a little bit different. We have have classes where everything's perfect. Do you have what Doc Scopes did? Can you pull Doc's uh, scope up? Uh, I don't know where he fell. I don't write names down. But I mean the type. We can look at the types. He we know what scope he yeah. had. Hold on, let um, me go get my book. Hold so on. keep well, talking. We every class what, when we dope you out in PR one, we'll, we'll, we'll run the student out to a thousand yards, and that usually goes really well. And the scopes will work. We mentioned this in the past. And I had issue when I said this, that I didn't like the placement of one of Doc's rings. And so we looked at it and we ran them out and then we run them back. Now Doc has a, a Ruger RPR. It's matched pretty well with his ammo. So he shoots half minute or even at times a little bit better at 100 yards. So his groups are always good and his stuff on paper is not too bad. He was so, shooting a Gem 1 PST. And we had one, two, three of them. Where were their scores? A um, hundred, a hundred, and one one. Okay. So we tall target tested this, and we run it up, and it's a hundred. Well, as we're shooting on the line, we run everybody out to a thousand yards, and once we're done with that thousand yard run out. We bring everybody back to 100, and we check zeros and all that. 
and it's it's also part of our cleaning up of data, uh, in which we're going to talk with later. So Doc comes up to me immediately after the the first relay, and his scope is down about two tenths of a mil. It's a little bit left of center, and his group is spread horizontally in a weird pattern, more of a diagonal almost. So I said, you know, Doc, I said, I really don't like that ring. So immediately I pulled the scope off the rifle and I repositioned his rear ring and changed it, retorqued everything down properly, mounted it on his scope. I said, all right, go get a zero um, and then come back to me. And so he goes, gets a zero, and we check it, and his zero looks good and, and all that. And I said, okay, Doc, let's run you out to a grand. Go smack the grand. Now come back to the 100-yard board and shoot me another group. And he did that, and it went in the black dot, dead center in the black dot where it's supposed to be. So here we were able to see a problem with his scope that it wasn't returning to zero correctly. It kind of opened up his groups a little bit. And by me repositioning, retorquing it, he didn't cause any damage. He was sort of binding the tube in the back, not in the front that we talk about more often, but in the back. And what I was instructed as was that when you do that, scopes will go out and right, but not back and left as correctly. And I moved his ring and it mattered, you know? So it, it's all these little things in this placements that we're looking at that I think has a bearing. And, you know, going from the zero, this was part of what we're doing next is our data cleanup. Because even on my range in Colorado, this range here, we see corruption in our gathering due to conditions we can't control. On my range, it could be wind. If we have an 18 to 12 mile an hour uh, wind or even 18 to 24 mile an hour wind, and I'm doping you out, there's gonna be some data corruption. Here we have that mirage, <clears throat> we have the light conditions that are very difficult because the amount of moisture in the air up here, and I'm dry. I don't have moisture corrupting my data. I don't have optical problems because the sun's behind us. When we're shooting here, the sun is dead in front of us, and then it kind of rotates around to our three o'clock, and there's so much moisture in the air we see Mirage, Snell's Law, and data corruption that you can't quantify and predict on paper until it happens. So you but should- now that, now that we have weaponized math, you know- Yeah. Um, and we're digging into the numbers. I wrote an article on that, it's on there. We just posted a little video of when we actually went back to the classroom and uh, debriefed the, uh, the class on it, and we went through the numbers. I was going down the line and Steve, had a really nicely put together weaponized math sheet. You know, some of them butcher it. Yeah, you know, yeah. They don't know where to put what, and it just becomes a, a mess. But it was nicely put together, so I picked it up, and I just started going through his numbers and finding the difference between each yard line. And, you know, gravity being what it is, which is a constant, and it's a very predictable constant, uh, he was losing 0.7 between these two, 0.9, then 1.0, then 1.2. Then he was dropping down to 1.6, Okay, that's well, the a, one. That's, the one two dropped to a one six. Yeah, that would have been, been one two. It no, was one six. It, it, and and basically, it just that's a bullet falling out of the air. And then it then after that, he had a one point four. Right. So that can't be correct. 
That's a, a blaring error. You just circle it and you go find what's going on. So what we did was we corrected that. We chose a number in between. I think we chose what? 1.4. Yeah. And, and we added that from the previous yard line. We shot it, reshot it in the moment. I said, hey, Frank, stop the line. Let's let let me shoot this. Let me shoot this real quick. And we went back to 800 and cleaned it up like that. And he was amazed. I was proud, you know, that we found something like mm -hmm. that. But but then it became, let's instruct this. Let's let's let everybody know about this. This is an easy way to find corrupt data. Well, and you do it all the time. You walk down the line and you go, no, that's wrong. And and we do have, like I said, we do have these variations that happen. The you beautiful weather. We caught the weather so nice. I mean, it was 75 <clears> degrees <throat> yesterday. And once you hit the 68 up here, we run into a wall of water after 700 yards. Um, it, it's just really, really difficult conditions to see. You can't spot impacts at 1,000. Uh, you know, the, sometimes the light will look like it's not even flashing, uh, the, 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 the T-1000 indicators, because from 700 out, we put T-1000s on. And it may not even look like it's blinking down there. The mirage is so thick. So we've taken to cleaning up data and mark had recently wrote the article for snipers hide excellent article um that's hang on hey, we're gonna pause pause you so it, it, it's uh we had a phone call it, so what it is is um we, we we're cleaning up data i, I don't remember now i kind of lost my place where we were because phone calls but that's all right uh anyway uh, we have a list here. But anyway, the weaponized math works really well, and we've been able to establish it. It goes in line, and then cleaning up data. Mark walks up and down the line, and he's always looking at people's numbers to find these mistakes and these errors that might be in there. And, and you wrote the really good article on Sniper's Hide about it. You guys should go take a look at it. It's very detailed, and it shows how you can create this you know, well-established data sheet at your home range, but then you can take that data and true your computer to it at your desk. But you got to true the data first. Right. Yep. So now, so find the, find the mistake, true the data, and then you can truly true it on at the uh, computer. I mean, steel's big. There's a lot of fudge in here. And, you know, guys in software obsessed about a tenth here, a tenth there, and they don't confirm But they're ranges. not obsessed about their data right. being a tenth. They, they don't confirm ranges. I mean, like now, this range put in a 700-yard target. It was a 718. It's 718. You know, the, the, they're, the berms, when we looked at the berms, you what Mark did, they put two berms in at 100 yards because they didn't want a shooting over the swamp without catching the round because there's the swamp at two we talk about. So Mark goes down there when we showed up the first day with his laser, and he's measuring both sides of the range. And he's going, if you're on that side, it's 99. If you're on this side, it's 101. And he's, he's looking at this, but they put the berms at like 104 and like, you know, 106. And, it's, and, and, you know, the only saving point of that is we're using a target stand in front of it that we can move to where we need them to be. But, you know, you can't assume a range telling you that target is 100 yards, 200 yards away is correct. The 718 for some people- Would have thrown data everywhere. Is two tenths. That's yeah, two tenths of a mil. And you know, guys are complaining about this and that, but your data can true that up and you can use the weaponized math and use this process mark as demonstrated. And so we made a class about it. We made a block of instruction around it and, and we posted a piece of it 
up on um, Facebook just for people to see. Go to Frank's Facebook page. It's up there. Yep, it's up there yep. today. Starting to um, comments and whatnot. Yeah. It was fun. It was a fun week. Uh, great people. Uh, we had the oldest student we've ever had. Uh, Ken is, what, he was born in 40. Mm -hmm. So he's 81, 82. Yep. You know, 80, yep. 81 years old. Retired. Chief, Chief Ken Hageman. His his son was was a sniper that served with me and Frank, St. Platoon. And um, uh, Chief and I go way back to my days on the Jersey Shore hanging out with, with Ken. And basically, um, he's a great guy. He just, he's, at his at his age, it was a struggle getting into the position, and um, it, he's conceptually he was fine. But what he did do was gathered good data. Yeah. Because when we went back on day four, we marched all the way from the three to the thousand in an hour mm -hmm. with all these students, and he never changed a thing. He hit center line first shot every time. You followed him up once. Yep. And and he hit center line first shot every time. So he went away. With uh, the most uh, instructed student, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, well, we put him he on a bench. He gathered the most instruction. Right. I mean, we put him on a bench and had him shoot from the standing because he couldn't get up and down. You know, so we're able to accommodate him there. The biggest problem we had is he, he somehow he did something to his hearing aids. Yeah. And they were going into Wasilla to get him fixed uh, today, I think. But um, so we didn't hear us very well uh, when we were yelling the line. We had to, you know, go over there and, and talk to him. But he also stayed for PR2, and we got him on the mover. Yep. So we were able to instruct him onto the moving target. And it, that was, you know, he was getting a little frustrating because his eye-hand coordination isn't what it is to be. And and so, you know, we're, we're doing relays, and, and he's not hitting. And, and then, you know, we're working with him. We're trying to kind of educate him on the reticle. And, and getting him there, and, and we saw him get closer and closer and closer, and and then, yeah, man, he, he got hits on the mover, and as well, he was able to execute a drill like moving chaos. Yep. You know, so... He excelled at it. Excelled right, at it. right. You know, we, we, we incorporated the mover into PR2, uh, so, you know, again, with James uh, brought us the blink troll system... We used the cable we talked about from last class. We were able to get a bigger, longer cables and span the entire range, which really, really opened up our possibilities. Opened up the range, too, yeah. because now we don't have obstructions down there. Yep. So we didn't have to place the mover within the lane. We were able to <clears throat> span the entire lane with the mover. A longer run, more passes, the ability to follow up, um, you know, and get multiple hits and multiple passes. I mean, these guys were hunters, they were older, so they were really only taking a limited number of shots per passes, but they were getting their hits and their kills, and they know, I mean, uh, some guys were going, I'm only going to ever shoot three per pass, and I want three hits, and they were getting it, Yep. and, and, and not wasting their time. Mover training is very, it, it added a lot to the value of the course. Yeah, it really did, and, and uh, we, do, we do that Sunday morning block of instruction on it, um, and knock that out. Uh, and so before we go out and shoot the mover, they're they're getting spun up. So they're they don't they weren't taught it the day before, and then had to wait a day to shoot it. No, they were fresh at it. Right. You know, they're taught it and go right out and execute it, and and that works out really well. And the blink troll system's good because it's small, it's light, it's portable. Uh, we were able to hang a, um, <clears throat> a, a eight and twelve inch plate on it. We did a twelve inch round and an eight inch round. The eight inch round was sporty. 
Um, the 12 inch is a perfect training size. And then you can move them down to the smaller plates after they've established, you know, what it's supposed to look like. Because um, everybody's on the 12. There's no drama. And, and then, you know, from there as it gets for better people. But then we move to chaos, you know. So they're shooting the mover, statics. We saw guys lead the static. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're going from the mover to a static target, and they would lead it. Yep. Unbelievable. And I told and I warned them. Don't and he leave. fessed up. He said, I did. I led the target. <laughs> yep. Because I could see it on the plate because they're big there. We, what I do is I draw a small, small, <clears throat> I draw a small square or circle inside the range's permanent big plates. We like the big plates. As we mentioned, we like to catch our misses. And it's easier to understand what's going on when you can see it for them. I could see it. They can't see it. But when I can show them it, it's, it's something else. So what I'll do is I'll put a, a smaller target inside there. And I saw him lead it. And, and, and he admitted to leading it. But I had warned him ahead of time, don't lead the statics. And he wasn't the only one that did it. So, uh, several people did it as well. So that was funny. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a lot of Tikas. Tikas all, all shot well. They're, they're just, there's some, we look at a lot of gear. And we look at consistencies and inconsistencies, and Tikas are very consistent. We've said it before. We'll say it again. If you're a new student, <clears throat> don't know what to bring to the course, um, don't want to build a $5,000 rifle, get yourself a Tika. Yep, 1850. Yeah. Put a decent scope on it. Spend a little money on the scope. Um, you know, at least the price of what you paid for the Tika, pay for the scope. It deserves a nice scope. Right. It deserves a nice scope. I I'll go with that. And um, it... it it makes the class easy. We know those numbers. We know what it's going to do. Um, guys still don't understand Tika's muzzle velocity is slow, and, and, and they second guess, you know, why we're doing things the way we're doing. But it's always in a node. It's, yeah, it's always, it is. It's in the most accurate node. The Tika's just, that's, they yeah. just slam in their one hole. Um, it's just the slowest, most accurate node they have, and, and it shows. I mean... I mean, I, I'm su I have such faith in the Tika. I have one up here that I bought off a student that bought a spare one a year ago, and it's sitting here on the shelf in case we need it, you know, either for someone to buy or to someone to rent or whatever the case may be. But there's a brand new Tika on the box, uh, you know, out of the box on the shelf here because they're a fantastic gun, and they, they sort of replace the Ruger RPR for guys up here. We still see a metric ton of Ruger RPRs, but we're not putting the money into the Tika that we were putting back into the Ruger's. Aftermarket. Right. Or after, well, after the initial purchase. Doc's another great example. He has a Gen 1 Ruger RPR. This is, uh, he took um, classes. He's, he's taking four classes with us. Four now. classes with us. And that's the only time he shot this rifle. His uh, key mod M-Lock, your key mod version, he has the original, broke. His handguard broke the um the thin original handguard snapped the key mod out, and we had to move his bipod and change it up because um, just going through the effort and all that broke the handguard. Um, so we had changed out the Seekins handguards, and, and that's one of the things, you know, when we had invested back in a Ruger, this is why we did it. Four classes in, several years later of this gentleman shooting mm -hmm. it, the handguard key mod broke. And... Um, you know, so that's the why. We predicted it. We upgraded them. We found we were investing more money than we felt we needed to, given that the Tika Attack A1 came on the market. 
And so now we default to telling people about the Teak Attack A1 and it's serving us really well and we're not changing anything with the Tikas. Right. You know, we're not swapping anything out. Um, Speaking of uh, Doc coming four times over seven years, um, we had something a little different this time. We had students um, want to come for a day. Yes. And... Of course, we opened the door to them and said, yes, which day would you like? And basically, um, as long as you've taken PR1, you're always welcome to come back. And, and you can. You, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, make this like a, a, an option. You know, uh, yeah. you want to come back and take, like in, in PR2, um, you want to come back and take the mover day? That's the second day. Right. You want to come in and take the, the, the first day? The revisit, basically, mm-hmm. uh, or you come to PR one and take it and and gather data. That, right, don't skip this first day yep. with the classroom. Come the second day and verify, gather your data, pre-work up a hunting rifle or something, because the returned students complement the class. Right, I think. Yeah, um, they're able to explain to somebody on either side of them. Oh no, this is what's going to happen next. Yeah, you know, and maybe they're a little shy to ask the question. And they'll say, "Hey, you've been here before. What's what, you know? What is this?" Here we have the fish in. Mm-hmm. We have, the weather's beautiful. The sun's up all the time. People are out, you know, vacationing and, and going out camping and doing whatever. And so time is not something you know. Not everybody wants to spend two days Dude, on a your, weekend. Your fireweed's already fucking moving. Yeah, I know the fireweed's already turning red, and so. and it's moving. And and so the, their their season wasn't very nice up here. Uh, Rob said it was cold. Yep. Um, and, and so you guys are having down low 48, you're having the hottest summer ever. So they're already started talking about global warming, warming again. You know, it's bound to happen, but we live on a globe and where it's, where it's hot someplace, it's cold somewhere else. And we're having the coolest summer. I've been up here 21 years and we're having the absolute coolest summer since I've been here. Yeah. And, and, and guys were mentioning that. And so they're wanting to take advantage of the time off. But maybe you want to gather dope for a hunt coming up, or maybe you want to do something. So I think it, it's, it might a not one day option. a one-day option yeah. for people. Um, and that might be the new model for Alaska, is to give guys a one-day option to come in and to mix in with the class. Half price will be 375 Yeah, yeah, and, and just give them that kind of thing. And so uh, it, it's something available to people. Who who might wanna um might wanna do that, but you gotta have the PR one. Yep. And in the know, full PR one. Right. We're not offering you a one day PR one, it's not gonna happen. No, 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 no. You're gonna need two days to, to become a clone. Yes. You gotta become a clone first. Yep. Uh, and then we can, you know, if you let your skills go over the last seven years and you want a refresher, we wanna give you the ability to come and get a little bit of a refresher without having to take the entire course over. Get the meat out of it and and you know, you've got the instruction. So, you know, we can, we can give you that practical application. And, and we're all friends with these guys. I mean, everybody's so nice. And we, cre- we said this in the beginning. We created a community. Yes. So there's no reason for us to turn our back on the community or to say, no, you got to take this this way. You know, we're trying to accommodate the community we created. Yeah. And, and so that, I think. Same thing a, in Lowell 48. If yeah. you want to join us for a day, join us for a day. We're going to make that happen down there, too. And we're gathering, we've had, uh, I think I looked it up, we're, we're just shy of 600 students up here. And we've had, you know, we're starting, all of our courses are full for the rest of the year. Um, we got the 5-4-2 August class that you, what you got, like five, six people that were, it's a Yeah, fill-in. August 5-6, we're doing a, a Mark and Frank, Frank and Mark show in Colorado. A two-day. A two-day. 750, PR1. right. Yeah, 750, but uh, we still got seats in that. 
Yep. And, and we want to fill it, of course. And then we may try to do something later in the year after after the second road trip. We may try to put something together too. Basically, we'll what's see. happening is we have a big gap in our road trip. Um, we have the Nebraska class, and then we don't have to go immediately to the next class. There's North Dakota a, fell apart. Right. There's yeah. a little bit of a gap. So rather than go east, we can come back west, <clears throat> do a two-day, and then go east. And that's what we're doing because the drive is, you know, what's the difference? Three I mean, and a half hours. Or yeah, four it's like hours three from hours from yeah. where we're going in Nebraska to my range. You know, so it makes perfect sense to go back to my house. And in a Porsche, you can get there in two. Fuck yeah, I can yeah. go quick. So, so, and, um, so yeah, and, and so that's what we're going to do. So if you guys want to come and have a little bit of a, a windy... Revisit. P, yeah, PR1 or something. Yeah. We have a 5-6 op- opportunity available at our, uh, at our Fort Collins range. Get a hold of us. This isn't going through the mile high. Next year, the mile high courses are going to be a Mark and Frank show for the most part. There'll be a little bit of uh, Frank and Mike when Mark can't come down and and some things will be going on. But we're going to be sort of taking over that and running it through us for mile high. I've already talked with Diane and scheduled that. But the range we want, we want to make it available and the way schedules were working, what was going on with mile highs changes, it, it it was easier to basically just roll it into the Mark and Frank show and to take advantage of it that it way. It took the pressure off Mike. Yeah. Because Diane, Diane leans hard on him. We get that. And and basically, so it takes a little bit of pressure off yeah, him. Yeah. You know, she can't give up the help because she's busy. And yet they want to have a presence of doing classes and training for people. So we're just going to take that over. So that's opportunities for next year. But, you know... We're going to right do, now. It's an opportunity for this year. Yeah, for this year. But uh, we, we got that going on because everything else is pretty much booked up. We had one, like I said, we had one course this fall, fall through, um, just the way it worked out, and so we were able to make it up. And we're fine with a smaller class because it really is just an off weekend, you know, before we head back east, and we're, and we're just you know chock full of classes our students then. So, we had good service, Naomi. They got a new bartender to replace Robbie. Yep, replace she, Robbie. She rocked it again. She did. She you know, did. We had a table with 20 people at it. Big, big, long, uh, great table. And, and we had 20 people at it, and nobody needed a, a beverage or something um, the whole trip. It was just awesome. And she gets it, what we're doing and yeah. all that. Um, I sat up with her one night and was bullshitting, um, you know, f- getting filled in on the situation and all that. And so, yeah, I had a really good time. Um, the, the lodge was, was rocking and, and moving along. Uh, Jesse and Molly seem both in good moods with everything and the way it's going. They're getting a little time off. Jesse's doing some fishing, and and so um, yeah, it was a it was a good thing. Food was good, new cooks and stuff because yep. of the, you know, the revamp with COVID. So we enjoyed the food. Um, they did a lot of little specials too, little little things like I guess they had that homemade avocado sauce they were putting on those halibut tacos, and it looked pretty good. Guys, guys were raving about it. Yeah, um, I'm not a fish guy, but um. You know, they're, they're just little, little tiny things. Uh, what else is on our Dougie list? Came, Dougie came around. It was Dougie's birthday. Our, our, buddy's Doug, our buddy Dougie, it was his birthday. But I'm going to hit him up for some chaga mushrooms. He cuts a lot of firewood and sells firewood and whatnot. Dougie will do just about anything for you for money. But, but basically, he, he does a lot of firewood work. And, uh, man, cancer is a big fucking deal right now, Frank. we got mm-hmm. another student who's got cancer. And so, um, guys, I was turning around. We got back here to my store. And uh, I was going to make myself a cup, of, a cup of coffee, and two bags of my favorite coffee showed up by Laird's Superfood, and it's got chaga mushrooms in it. So basically, it's a, like a 
preventative measure. If you're going to drink coffee all the time, what if your coffee had an anti-cancer agent in it? Yep. Wouldn't that be something? Exactly. You know? So I'm not promoting them. I don't have stock in them, although they, their stock was $28 this morning. But, <laughs> but I don't have stock stock in them. But guys, help yourself out, man. You know. Uh, well, I order K-cups with uh, be Chaga. Be smart. Yeah, I order K-cups for the house with uh, Chaga in it. Yep. So that way there. I mean, we're getting older, like he says. And, and the he, only way to keep from dying of cancer is to avoid it. Yep, you know, yep. So... so. That turned out. What else we got on our list? That's over it, there? man. We scrubbed that puppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was a good time. We really appreciate everybody coming up. I tell you what, we have a lot of fun with Wayne, man. Wind chime. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne's a good sport. He's he he couldn't do PR one and two back to back last month, so he did PR one last month and PR two this month. Uh, shoots a GA precision, um, and and just a great guy. Had a lot of fun with Wayne. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Steve uh, again. again. Uh, yeah. Steve did that and then again uh, James and Rob came up and set up the mover uh, who gave us the cable I don't remember his first name uh, 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 Craig Schmunk Craig uh, Craig thank you for that cable um, it allows us to span the entire range we could set it up easier tree to tree we don't have to create a support system that James had created earlier that we had used um, and, and then it's just come along to the tree and you're good uh, so that, that, but thank you, James, for all that work. Um, Steve, uh, you know, the, the, Steve Roberts for coming out, shooting his Valkyrie. On one day notice. Yeah, yep. Steve Roberts came out and, and, and uh, got to shoot with us. Who else? There was a couple other uh, people that yeah, were. We could thank everybody all the time. I, mean, I guess really, we could. We're blessed, dude. We do what we, 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 do, we don't have to ask for time off. Right. You know, that's a big deal in life. You know, I, and for 16 years I've been in this little store. Well, now it's not so much about sleeping bags anymore. It's going to be about precision rifle. But but we're pretty blessed. And we, and look at the the people we surround ourselves with. You know, they all want to help out. They all want to become friends. They all want to hang around all the time. The lodge is calling you, know, you guys it, are groupies. Yeah, what it does is what it does is it drives us to drink too much. Though. Yeah, that you does because it always turns to cocktails, and cocktails turns to more cocktails. And basically, so we're on a, we're coming off a five day binge again. You know, it sounds like we're a bunch of drunks. But really, when, when you join with friends, what are you going to do? You're going to have a cocktail. We're sitting at a, we're yeah, living we're, in a bar. Yeah, basically. I mean, we're living below a bar. And, and so we tried to, man, I mean, we didn't get crazy with it this time. Um, I did see on my bill, 16 bullet <laughs> rye waters. And I thought, and it was listed under a, a, a certain day. And I thought, I didn't have 16 bullet rye waters. I'm still standing. Yeah. You know, and, but what happened was she added them all up through the whole receipt. We get this big, long receipt. It's about a yard long. Because yeah. it's got, you know, we're buying I had seven. Yeah, we're buying things for other people, and you know, hit this guy with a dinner here, and and anyway, it, it creeped me out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I am becoming an alcoholic. Yeah, right, right. So. I mean, we, you know, we 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 are well beyond eight hours of sleep before we start class the next day, and we're getting right, up and having right. breakfast at eight o'clock. And we're there for six days. Man. I know. We're we're, and we're constantly surrounded by students. Yeah. From the time we get there, we're constantly surrounded by students who want to get to know us. And and enjoy us basically, you know, and pick and, our brains, yeah, sign some books. Brains. Yep. I uh, with Bill. Bill was pretty funny. Um, so I was calling uh, one of the students in, and and he he had a book, and he's wanted me to sign it. But on the first day, I was running them in the the three hundred yard target. Again, the, the range steel is pretty big, so we grid it. I turn it into a four part grid, and I put a tiny little like two inch dot in the center. And so I'll shoot a quadrant, then move over to the next quadrant to keep it clean as I can. And I said, all right, shoot this quadrant. Well, gee, there's already some shots in there. 
Yeah, dude, shoot that quadrant. Really? You want me to shoot that quadrant? Dude, shoot the fucking quadrant I told you to shoot and stop second guessing me. You know? So then um, when I signed his book, I went, shoot the red dot, you yeah, know, and the yeah. thing, and he appreciated it. And, and, and so that's. Oh, we, we fixed a flincher, dude. We fixed a major flincher. First, you have to catch the flincher. Right. And that's hard because if the guy never has a. Um, has a mm -hmm. click, you know, uh, the, the loudest sound in combat. Right, right, right. If he never strikes a, uh, a spent cartridge, you really don't, you're not going to catch a flinch. Well, it was day two, first thing in the morning, we're going to start gathering some data, and the sun was right in our eyes. So a couple of the students threw coats over themselves, over their, over their scopes, and uh, we came to him, and it was his turn to shoot, and the, when he, I heard click, and the whole coat and everything Shook. Shook. Everything shook. And, oh, my gosh. It was the, it was like the biggest flincher I ever saw. So, basically, I had a flincher I had to break. And it took me two days to do it. And it took me the full two days. Oh, we double-eared it? Well, we start the final eval at 3 p.m. on day two of, day, of PR1. And it took me till 2 o'clock, maybe 2.30, <laughs> to break this flinch. I mean, it was bad, man. And then oh. I lost the bet on a trigger slapper. One guy who kept slapping all, and then on the final leave out. Well, that was him. No, no, that oh, was okay. It was okay, Bill the other guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Remember when I, I bet over? He goes, "What's that?" Because here we go. The we go to the final leave out, and it's only going to be three shots. And he's been and slapping Frank, all week. Frank eases a one dollar bill out of his pocket, and I'm like, "I'll over, take it. Over I'll take it." I knew what it was about because we knew he was going to slap at least one of them. I said, "I'll take it." All right. Well, now I got the bet that he does not slap the trigger. So it's my job now in the eval to make sure he doesn't slap the trigger. And the way I did that was get right in his ear and go, press break freeze. <laughs> press break freeze. Remember to freeze. Break break freeze. Yep. And we got him through one. We got him through two. And then Boom! We got him through three, and I took the dollar. Because, <laughs> so, yep, I fun. mean, I'm, we've been warning him. Every time we turned around, he would slap the trigger. And yep. he think we didn't see it. And it's like, Bill, we just saw what you just did. Yep. You know, do we have to stand over you for every single shot? And, 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 and so finally, that was pretty funny. Ah. I, yeah, it happens. All right, dude, let's quit on a, let's good, quit on a, a high a, note. Yeah, a high it was note, a good a time, man. Moment. Thank yep. you, Alaska. We will see you guys next year. Um, I may be up in September. I don't know. It's 50-50 right now what my schedule looks like. I might go do a little side trip up in the back country um, going on there. But um, I appreciate everything going on up here. Thanks to the Lodge and, and all the hard work they put in. Uh, everybody over that. And uh, everybody, Steve, James, Rob, the crew that comes up and helps. Yeah, anyone the, who The groupies helps. that visited. Like I said, it's funny. The Lodge is calling you guys groupies. And, and, um, and uh, when she first said that, because like, Molly it's not disrespectful. No, no. Molly and them didn't say it. It was Naomi because she's new. Yeah. And she goes, oh, are you your groupie? And I said, who's my groupie? Yeah. I kind of Who exactly are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, who here? are we talking about? And, and, and she goes, well, you know, all your friends that come and they like to be alongside you and have come in just to have a drink and sit next to you. And they go, that's your groupies, man. Yeah. And we started laughing about it and stuff. She, and must, I, have she must have toured with a band somewhere. Yeah, well, sometime. she looked like yeah. she toured with a band. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know what I mean? We appreciate you guys. The guys even who come up and say hi. Like, you know, you got Gordon and people like that who come up whenever they're free just to say hello that we've come back in the state. I mean, the people up here are salt of the earth, super friendly. Take the shirt off your, their back for you. And, and I appreciate that. So thanks, everybody. All right. Cool. We're out of here.